Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations Breadroom. I'm your host, Kyle, with again. And today, we have joining me the phantom of the Ruminations Radio Network, the spooky boy, Ian, with What's going on, everybody? Um, how's it going? How's it going, Kyle? It's going good. How's life? Um, um, it's fine. It's fine. And also joining us, we have Mister Fantastic himself, just back from saving the San Francisco Bay from Doctor Doom, Brendan Jesus Ortega. What? Oh, okay. oh my god, in this world, am I married to Jenna Ortega? <laughs> yes, and you're I taking would, her name. I would and you're totally hyphenate. Oh my god, we would have two Hispanic sounding last names. That'd be so cool. And I'm still the whitest person ever. Uh, I'm good. I have uh, originally, I was thinking it was a bit of a, of, a, of a gripe, but I think we can loop it into a bigger conversation later on about the importance of film restoration. And I've made a 180 on the shit talking. That I did for Arrow Video and Colobos. Can you elaborate, please? Yeah, so... It's about time. <clears throat> after... I still think Colobos is a dog water, dog water of a movie. 100%. Um, there's debatable. But I think after watching Rawhead Rex, it's... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say something a little spoilery, but I... A, uh, I appreciate what's behind her. Rawhead Rex. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate Rawhead Rex, and I'm glad that a film like this. Now, obviously, because Clive Barker's attached to it, is probably the only reason it got yeah, it's a, restored. It's a but reason, I, I would assume. But I think, I think a lot of people, especially you, Ian, would consider Colobos a hidden gem. I think 100%. a lot of a lot of people would consider Rawhead Rex a hidden gem because it hits specific uh, check marks of, of what they like. And I now appreciate the fact that places like Kino Lorber, I mean, I've always liked it, but it was just after this recent watch of Rawhead Rex that I appreciate Kino Lorber taking a chance with it. I appreciate that Arrow Video took a chance on a weird ass movie made in 1999 that like 10 people like, but they still they they still understood the importance of 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 curating and appreciating all facets of horror good or bad yeah that's why i'm really enjoying my deep dive into vinegar syndrome for example two of the four films i just recently bought are like a 2.4 or lower on letterbox so they're not like known as like super great films but like they're restored in 4K. Like these would have never got that restoration from probably anyone else. Yeah. And I find that like really fascinating. Although with Arrow and Vinegar Syndrome, they kind of have like a target of, of like the overall stuff they're covering and going for. Whereas Kino, I can't really put my finger on it. They have stuff like Rawhead Rex, but then they also have stuff like Mystery Men. So yeah. like, I don't really know like where the, like where their identity lies or like would what they're going for. Would you say that Kino Lorber is more of an, I don't want to say indie, but kind of like an indie criterion a little bit? I don't know. I don't know. Cause as I, would, I said that, I, I realized it didn't sound right, but. Yeah, it's more like, it's more like playing off of people's nostalgia, I think, maybe. Mm, okay. With Kino. Because like. Nobody in their right mind would think Mystery Men is a great movie except for the people that like lived through watching Mystery Men in theaters. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to go back and be like this movie's a fucking 10 out of 10. But if you got out of the theater with Smash Mouth playing yeah. during the credits and you're like, "Dude, that fucking movie was hype, bro. The Shovel Man? Come on, bro." Like yeah. it was it was an experience. And maybe that's what Kino's going for, but okay. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Not entirely sure. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I've just been building up my physical collection. I've been dabbling in vinegar syndrome, like I uh, was saying earlier. I bought a couple, a couple things I have seen, a couple things I haven't seen. 
uh, thriller, a cruel picture. Um, I bought this movie strictly based off that it's a, uh, like a crime thriller. I watched a trailer on it. It looks amazing. The cover looks amazing and it's a pretty well-known film, but, um, I've never seen it really excited about it. Huge zombie fan, uh, picked up bio zombie, um, a Japanese film that looks awesome. I'm pretty sure it's Japanese in, you Oh, okay. Actually, you might be right on that. Isn't Hong um, Kong in Japan? No, that's China. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, Hong Kong is its own place. R- right, but it's mostly like... Okay, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, you could look that up really quick, Ian, though. Uh, no, but Biozombie looks really good. Um, watched a trailer on it. Didn't even know about it till I was at a local brick and mortar and saw it there, but it was used and the case was kind of beat up. So I was like, I'm going to check this out and see. And I was like, oh, it's a vinegar syndrome. So they had their uh, Black Friday sale, mid-year Black Friday sale. So I picked up a few of these things. Um, got the sways, dude. Got the sweezy, the swag. Got uh, yeah, some Patrick in my ever. face. Um, Roadhouse. Oh, Watch your, what's your beef with Roadhouse? <clears throat> That's so weird. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> no, but do you not like it? I'm curious. <laughs> Uh, I watched it once, and I was like, "This is okay. It's okay." Okay, and that was that. Roadhouse, Fair enough. More like Midhouse. Hey, oh my god, he said it. He said it. And then <laughs> the last movie I bought was Flesh Eater, which uh, it's got a pretty bad rating on Letterbox, but the cover is one of the coolest covers I've ever seen, with this zombie sticking his hand through mm-hmm. this woman. Uh, Who's the guy on the cover you were talking about? So I. I forgot his name again. Um, he, so he was the first zombie in Night of the Living Dead. George right. Romero's mm. Night of the Living Dead. He's the one that goes or like chases Barbara through the graveyard before she gets to the house. They're coming to get you, Barbara. He directed this film um, in the 90s. I think shortly before or no, I think it's an 80s film. Yeah, it's an 80s film. Year I was born. Hey, but um, great year. Great yeah, decade. So it's directed by him. His name is William Heinzman. And <laughs> I thought getting this film was just like a cool piece of history to see like a movie he directed um and just like his connection with the george romero universe because he's been in um the trilogy like just dawn and day so it's just kind of cool he like has his own zombie film so i wanted to see it and having a physical release in 4k is pretty rad for that is it is it the only film he's directed no he's directed uh i think a couple films but this is like his most popular one gotcha but um Yes, but other than that, I'm 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 planning on going through those. Uh, probably could go see Barbie. Oh, I can't fucking wait to see that. Probably gonna go see Barbie. Um, Dom's really excited for that as well. Not really excited, but she, and, she she wants to see it. So, and Dom, if you're listening to this, I'm gonna make sure that's the first movie that I see in IMAX just to piss off Tom Cruise. So she hates Tom Cruise. I know. I know she absolutely does. like she will not watch a movie with Tom Cruise if she can. Like what? Good. fucking hates him she's a good um, person which i think is just hilarious because every time i put on like a mission impossible or something she just gets <laughs> she's just agitated but also um it sucks because she has fourth of july off i have to work uh, and she was like i wonder if brendan would want to just like drink and i was like and record an episode you guys can do a duo drunk episode and then we found amazing. out and then we found out that you worked and she was like fuck and i was like yeah so but that was in the we pipeline. Can, we can we can talk after this. That was in the pipeline. Ian, do you have any recs for us this week? Uh, started the Heisei era of Godzilla films uh, with the return of Godzilla. Pretty decent. It's uh, it was all right. Uh, Godzilla versus Bio Bio Lante. Biolante. I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. But that that kaiju is incredible looking, and it has like evolutions, and it evolves, and it's like a giant Pokemon, and it like disintegrates and comes back, and it's like really a person. But it, you're like, what? But it's really a monster, and it's it's an amazing movie. I would highly suggest um, Godzilla versus Biolante. Biolante. Yeah, Brendan. Jesus. How? <laughs> Ortega. Ortega. Uh, how how are you not? worn out by because at this point you've seen 50 25 24 24. okay it's fair 20 you've seen 24 in the past two months i know after uh, after a month okay a month and a half after (laughs) us doing one month of found footage films where we only covered four 
you said you were burned We gotta go out. back, if I'm being honest. We, we do. We, we gotta do. go back. Like, I already want to go back. <laughs> Sorry, uh, go ahead. So, how have you not given up your your pious journey of discovery? Um. So, with, you know, kaiju films, we're not covering them. So, I don't have to create a review. I don't have to think about them too much. I just throw it on watch it see some like see some bullshit story and then some dope ass kaiju fights at the, okay. at the end um and it's always the last 20 minutes godzilla versus whatever it's it's like bullshit story godzilla versus whatever okay. and i'm here for it i love okay. it it's amazing um you grew up on power Rangers. watching power rangers uh, i did watch power rangers okay yeah. but um which version did you I grow up because it wasn't the original up. uh i did watch the original uh it was like reruns and stuff i i, I watched the dino morphers mm, it, yeah yeah is that the original no no mighty oh. no oh okay no okay. that is mighty, mighty, the dino one then like a couple generations after but the dino one was cool the yeah. dino one was pretty cool yeah like i was still pretty young when the like that one was out so i was i was a little about it yeah i was more into uh ninja turtles though way more in, into ninja turtles i had like a huge set and Damn. uh it would create ooze and stuff it was a uh, it was awesome. I still have uh, uh, my Donatello action figure. Can we just pretend it's horror and cover the Turtle Trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have have you seen the costumes that they wear in that? It's kind of fucking terrifying. It's true. Did you guys ever see that picture where you see his face through yeah. the mask? And then the little mouth in his <laughs> mouth? <laughs> Shit is... Nightmare reminded fuel. me of Raw Head Rex a little it's, bit with the little hey, mouth in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you have any Rex for us this week, Brendan? Yeah, um... I was going back and forth between which what I wanted to wreck. Um, so I'm just going to give a quick shout out to uh, I'm continuing my Twin Peaks journey. And uh, I watched I, I watched episode nine, 10 and 11. Uh, let me just say, I almost cried when Matthew Lillard was in the back of the police car. Not going to say why uh, I was so caught off guard by that. I loved that scene where they f- find what where uh uh where david lynch and uh, the other guy find what they find at that like barn type thing and you have um uh oh fuck what's the lady's name uh jesus i'm drawing a blank smokehouse with, i forgot her name with with the she has the the guy he talks to on his radio diaries i can't believe i'm diane Diane, thank you. Diane. And Diane just like watches this like translucent creature walk up to the back of the cop car. And I was that like, it was nuts, dude. I, I loved it so much. In and, a way, he started the multiverse too thing. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's not real. Well, I mean, but it's like, you know, and a it's whole. Real. It's real reality. to me, damn it. God, so fucking good. And uh, the whole scene where Dougie is being driven out to the desert in the limo to meet Jim Belushi and his brother. And he has, he just has this dumb fucking box in, in the whole Jim Belushi had a dream about it. And he's like, if there's a cherry pie in that box, we can't kill him. God damn it. I want to watch this again, dude. <laughs> Fuck. I just got chills, dude. Oh, oh my God. It's so good. It's in, it, okay. The last thing I'm going to say about it, and then I can concede my time because I don't want to talk too much. Um, the whole how Bobby Briggs in season one and two is this bad boy. He's on the wrong track, but his father saw the man he was going to become. And when uh, they find that like uh, that metal thing that has the I, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, you're, Ian's not, Ian's not gonna watch well, it. No, 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 no. I have like faith that he'll 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 he might give it a chance one day. No, I have faith. Um, I have faith. I'm gonna uh, keep that faith. So they 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 find the metal thing, and they do what they do to the metal thing, and uh, Bobby's like, my father knew all along that I was going to be on this journey with you. And it was just like this really beautiful moment. And it's, you don't, cause there's 20 some years missing between season two and season three. So yeah. you don't see how Bobby gets from misanthropic piece of shit. If that's the right word to, to being a, a police officer now. And it's just so cool to see 
how his character went from that to where he is now. And I'm I I love it. I love it. Yeah, his his character arc is really cool. You're approaching you're approaching the end, man. I know. I know. And I'm I'm sad. I'm and sad. I think real quick. Real I, I quick. think it's that's crazy. why I've been so hesitant to continue watching it. Because we're never going to get more Twin Peaks for the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah. that sucks, man. Um, but uh, super quick, my wreck Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among, Th- Honor Among Thieves. Great. Four, four and a half out of five. Hell yeah. We take those. <laughs> we take those. But today we're covering... What about the- you? Do I have any wrecks? Oh, I just went through my they're not wrecks necessarily, but those are what I'm like planning okay. on. Planning gotcha. on wrecking or talking about later. Okay. So today we're covering the 1986 film Rawhead Rex. But before we get into our thoughts, we're gonna get into some fear facts. What check marks must a film check for someone like Vinegar Syndrome or Shout or Kino Lorber to decide to restore it? We know certainly for Rawhead Rex that it's not commercial success. <laughs> it's true. I was proud of that. Uh, Rawhead Rex is a 1986 fantasy horror film directed by George Pavlo and written by the one and only Clive Barker. With a budget of something, Rawhead Rex would most likely not make any of that back because I couldn't find any of the information on the budget. Um, It currently sits at a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. It would get a VHS release from Vestron Video Shoutout in 1987 and a limited... What? I gotta look that up, that VHS, dude. Oh yeah, that'd be dope. Um, And a limited DVD release in 1999, which... That surprised me because I don't remember dvds being out in 1999 but anyways um it wouldn't be oh okay um it wouldn't be until 2017 that rawhead rex would become accessible to the masses with kino lorber's 4k restoration even though he filmed he feels this film is faithful to his original story clive barker is ultimately dissatisfied with the final product a lot of criticism about this film is the visuals of rawhead rex the creature itself Based on the character from the short story by Barker from Books of Blood Volume 3, Rawhead Rex was written as a nine-foot-tall creature with the face of raw meat in an overall look of a penis. This goes hand-in-hand with the ideas (laughs) of feminism Barker sprinkled throughout the film and the story. Many quotes uh, from Barker uh, have floated around about this film, uh, but I think the most telling is how Barker hinted at Pavlo's directing style by saying, quote, Monster movies are made, by and large, by directorial oomph rather than what's written in the screenplay. But how did we feel about Rawhead Rex, you might ask? And does this film fall under the deep cut category, the so good it's bad category, or is it just hot garbage? Let's find out. I love your your little segues, transition things, dude. Fucking, I'm harder than that big stone that guy was trying to get out of the ground in the beginning of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god! So let's go ahead and get into what we think about Rawhead Rex. Rich. Ian, we're gonna start with you. Um, as the biggest Clive Barker fan here, definitely not Brennan. We're gonna go ahead and get your thoughts. <laughs> I thought what you were gonna you say the as the most Irish. That well, no, you're not really Irish, but oh no, I'm, you're I'm probably Irish. Love I'm it. way more white than you. That's true. Don't know what that means, but um, <laughs> what'd you think of the film? Didn't realize it was a race. Yeah, a race. Get it? <laughs> oh shit. Um, okay, we need to get back on track. Yes. What'd you think of the film? Would you add it to your collection? And going back to Brennan's Fear Facts, is this film so good it's bad? So bad it's good. I. What did I think of this film? Well, that is a good question, Kyle. I think um, we had Colin Farrell on the cast. <laughs> Is he Irish? Yeah, definitely Irish. Um, this movie isn't that bad. It's bad, but it's not terrible. It's not like complete dookie water. Um, it was fun. I guess the acting was pretty ridiculous. Um, the American accents from these Irish people were complete garbage. Um, I was I was trying to figure out if he was uh, like trying to do an American accent or not, but he he was right. Can I get a confirmation on that? I'm pretty sure he is American, but you yeah, keep talking all. No way, he's American. Ain't you no you, you keep, keep talking like all. He was. Okay. I'll uh, I'll get you an answer. 
Um, well, he has the worst American accent for an American. Um, <laughs> how how bad does your it's voice his first have to sound? <laughs> <It's> his, <and> <laughs> he, <laughs> he's not even trying. He's just speaking his normal fucking voice. Yeah, he's anyway. from uh, San Fran. No way. Yeah. That isn't, I legit thought he was Irish trying to do an American accent. That and thought he, never came in my mind. And he died he'll, he'll say some, some weird phrases. Yeah. I wonder if he lived in Ireland and maybe he got, he picked up some of the accent. Because I will pull up clips that'll, that you'll be like, oh yeah, he's, he's kind of doing an Irish accent right there. It's, it's where he's like, we got to find her. It's like, what? <laughs> why, is he, why is he all... Irish right now. Um, so I, I had just looking up. for any opportunity to do an Irish, <laughs> Irish accent right now. <laughs> that might also be correct, um, but I don't want to expose myself. Um, I did have to turn the subtitles on. Can't understand what these guys are saying, although I love Irish accent way better than British accents. Irish accent. Okay, back slow, to the movie. Slow your roll. <laughs> back to the movie. Um, Let me tell you about Irish people, okay? Those potato eating fars. I spuds. love potatoes. Spuddy. Spuds. Oh, yeah, yeah. We use the word spud in these parts. That's so. my favorite starch. Um, the actual monster, are we going to discuss that or can I do that right now? Just talk. And the, we'll, it we'll comment looks, if we have to. It looks so fucking weird. And um, I'm not <laughs> sure if the teeth were supposed to be in the back or not. I don't know if that was uh, it was like a decision where he's like, oh, don't open your mouth too much. But they, they just roll with a shot and they like put it, it in. <laughs> um, like, he can't open his mouth too much. I'm not going to keep doing these reshoots. They're costing too much money. So we're just going to keep it in the film. <laughs> it's like they did it in the Ninja Trolls 10 years uh, after this movie, but it's fine. Um, and then I, I feel like this, you know, not even 10 years. No, that that was like 1990. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're moving past that. Um. <laughs> I feel I, I would read this book. This is no, this is not on Clive Barker. I feel like Clive Barker probably did a really good story. I can see this being a really good book. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is based on a book. I think he just did a screenplay, right? I, I did you not listen to what I just said? Uh, I did in my not. fear fest. Once, once you hit the Twin the Peaks, <laughs> once you hit the Twin Peaks, Brendan, I just everything you say after that. Is, is, okay, is, let, let me let me yeah. let me just read it back for you slowly. Rawhead Rex is based on the short story written by Clive Barker of Perfect. the same name in the Books of Blood Volume 3. Oh, I knew that too. We did the fucking Hellraiser thing. I covered I probably I probably even said that. Um it's early in the morning. You know, I just woke up probably like five hours ago. Um so <laughs> I'm still I'm still waking up right now. Still a little groggy. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Only I ate a dry ass piece of chicken and green beans. Okay. Ooh, for breakfast? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now tell me, I'm a crazy person. Um, you're on that college life, bro. Yeah. Um, no, you're not a crazy person. You're We're talking like about the movie, guys. <laughs> farm animal. <laughs> um, I forgot where I was going with this, um, but I think I think I'm done. Okay. Cool. Oh, I watched this on Tubi. I would add this to my collection if someone gave it to me as a gift. Oh, only if it was free. Gotcha. Or if it was like two bucks two two dollars yeah. all right three tops three ninety nine it's pretty low barrier um brennan rawhead rex as the probably least favorite clive barker fan in this room um what do you think of the film i'm just kidding he loves clive barker guys that's the joke uh what do you think of the film would you add it to your collection and uh yeah so i'll start start from the back and work my way to the front uh, yeah baby <laughs> i own the 4k kino lorber collection uh, uh um edition but oh, you own that yeah oh cool yeah and so <clears throat> uh this was the first time i watched it a few years ago before i had a um anything that could play 4k and i don't know if i enjoyed watching it in 4k only because there's a lot of uh scenes with film grain that looks like they're just kind of dumping gravel over the image so i would be interested to see if i could get my hands on a copy of the 1999 dvd i if you know it doesn't have disc rot i think that would be interesting to see good great year um i this i think this movie is really fun trash 
Um, I love the creature, even though it does look like shit, kind of. <laughs> it I, looks like shit, let's just say it. <laughs> it looks uh, like trash. I think it would have been a lot more impactful if they... Because Clive Barker also said that he hated the character design uh, mm-hmm. that they went with. And I think it would have been a lot more interesting if they would have gone with the actual nine foot tall face of raw meat kind of creature. I think that would have made it a lot scarier. Uh, The acting is not good in this, but there are some um, absolutely, there's some amazing lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, God, ha ha ha, he is a god. just just uh that guy had dom and i laughing the most i think the the possessed yeah. uh clergyman yes he was possessed? possessed i don't know if he was possessed but he was just i thought he was a follower yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what i got but he was okay well yeah, we'll talk about it his name's delkin right here declan oh uh, it's Declan. <laughs> delkin what irish okay you know what delkin wait Declan, Declan. It's Declan. Oh, Jesus. This episode is going off the rails. Declan um, O'Brien. <laughs> uh, I, I, I enjoy this movie. I, I think I probably watch it once every couple years uh, since I, because I, I, bought, I bought it right when it was released in 2017, so I've watched it a handful of times. Uh, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it exists. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about film restoration. So, yeah. What about you, Kyle? I think this movie has the same problem for me that I have with Hellraiser in the fact that the best moments are really good, but it's mostly dragged down by like really long stretches of nothing happening. And when the movie hits, it hits hard. So for I do think the... Okay, so let me back up. I have the 4K Kino copy. Um, I was able to get it for $15, which oh wow. I think is is totally worth it for yeah. the 4K. Um and you got it at a physical. I did. Okay. I that's did. Cool. Yeah, I had some trade credit at this physical location that I go to, uh Zia Records, and so I was able to apply that towards it. But um Dom and I had a lot of fun watching this. It like we put it on right before bed and it had us laughing. Like we were making jokes at the expense of the movie but i don't want to make it sound like the movie was like so bad that we had to make fun of it to enjoy it because that's not the case um it's just it had so much uh, what's the word i'm thinking of it was like so uh, i can't think of the word i'll come back to it but it was fun it was just a little boring i there's very little i could say about this film without going into like the the specifics so we'll get into it but um yeah i'm glad i added it to my collection um that's that's really all i have to say right now kyle can i ask you a question based on something you said yes okay uh so you you compared it to the issues within hellraiser and that kind of got me into thinking of something i more often than not when there is a film based on a Clive Barker story, I think it falls under that category of, of, of how you compared it with Hellraiser. And if you look at Nightbreed, which was written and directed by Clive Barker and highly regarded as uh, one of the top cult classics, it had a great restoration, you know, plus it stars Cronenberg. Do you think that there's an issue that that people have with adapting his stories. I, I feel like Clive Barker should be the only one that films his stories because he truly understands how to portray it on camera properly. I mean, he has an idea in his head and he's just writing them down in words. Like he can't show people unless he he is a painter, so he could do th- do mm-hmm. it through that. Uh, but. Um, I think he should, if they're going to adapt one of his writings, I think they should do, they should have him on set. Mm. Also, I think that like what throws me off with a lot of his films is how 
poorly the erotic nature of his stories are translated. Yeah. 90% of this movie was just people making out the entire time. Yeah. But like it's supposed to be like sexually charged, but it just comes off as disingenuine. And like, I don't know, there's so many like in a book, the, there's so many like romantic novels, right? And like sexually charged novels that where you can kind of like get really descriptive on what's happening. But when these people are translating it to his to the films, it just seems very like I don't know. And it, it, yeah, a little, but it's also weird because like the 80s was such a time period when they were just throwing nudity out like crazy and like they still couldn't like stick the landing on the erotic parts of the films and the translations which i don't know that 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 was one of the problems i've had or i had with this movie was that um the scenes of like sexual eroticness was just kind of like gross but not getting you charged like he probably intended in the books Mm -hmm. It was you know I mean? way too timid, way too timid. And by the time it showed like actual frontal nudity from a girl getting ripped out of the the caravan, it seemed and, like her t- yeah, it exactly. seemed forced. It seemed awkward. It's like we definitely could have went throughout the movie without seeing this like twenty minutes till it ends. I, I don't really understand the reason for that. Like if it's you're like- gonna do it, do it earlier, yeah. do it harder, and you know like. It just feels so forced. Yeah, to me, it feels like, like with this film more so than Hellraiser, that like he got a, a director that like almost didn't approve of his like darker tone and like his like yeah. that's kind of the problem with all of Clive Barker's films, in my opinion, is like they don't go as hard as I think that he intended in his books. Mm-hmm. And so you can almost feel the restraint on a lot of his films. Hellraiser, not so much. They go pretty hard on that film. But like, I don't know, this this movie felt like it should have been gorier. It felt like it should have been had more nudity. Like, I think it would have served a better purpose. I think it should have been more graphic. It just like I felt a lot of restraint with this film. And that was the problem I had with it more than anything, more than even the character design which I guess we'll just get into Rawhead Rex right now. Um, his, his fucking mask was one of the goofiest things <laughs> I've ever seen in a film. How do you guys feel about it? Like, it like comes off at the cowl too. Yeah, you, it like lifts up. It, pop up. Yeah. Yeah. it, it looks, it, it's, I don't know. Cause I kind of like it. I kind of like how bad it is. Like it's, sure. it's just so much. Like you can tell they tried pretty hard to get weird but it just looked really bad and i liked it for that i guess um it looks super trashy though and um it leaves a lot to interpret or um it it leaves a lot to desire i guess i i i want to know the story behind rawhead rex like why was his uh clothes all ripped up what what time was he from it said like 18 30s no. 1820s 1860s no, something like that. that no he was like pre pre-roman like yeah. he was like pre-bible like jeez yeah it was um i just wanted to know more lore behind this thing than it than it gave us if you're not a religious person you could also take that like the like rawhead rex might have been like a group of like species that existed on the planet before you know, they fell or they were defeated or whatever. It looks like, because he kind of looks like battle-worn, right? Mm-hmm. Like like, like he was put in his place and taken down. And like, I wonder if there was more of Rawhead. But since there was only the one, everybody idolized him. Like he was this god because he was powerful and crazy and all that kind of stuff. But imagine going up against a horde of Rawhead Rexes. That would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they lost the war. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Like, it only took one to take down a little Irish village. I mean, maybe they gave him some, like, smallpox blankets or something. Did you guys get the um, indication, aside from, the like, the clergy guy, did you guys get the indication that more of the citizens knew about Rawhead? And, like, he was, like, an urban legend kind of thing? So I was was thinking that, uh, because I couldn't remember how the film ended when I was rewatching it. And it's almost as if maybe it's kind of like such a collective trauma that 
as generations go by, it's less and less an urban legend because uh, when the the photographer guy whose name I'm forgetting, the main character, Hal, Hal Holbrook, is that his name? That's close enough. <laughs> uh, when he's talking to the police about it, they're like, no, what you're describing doesn't exist. You probably just saw an animal. And they don't seem, they seem more worried about the people in town that are getting murdered, rightfully so, than whatever might be killing them. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if this thing has been so diluted through this town's history that there's there's a glass stained uh there's there's a a stained glass portrait of this thing in the local church but once it comes to life everyone's like oh shit what is this this thing is crazy <laughs> i think it would have been cooler is if this town was keeping it a dark secret like they were trying to protect outsiders from this thing returning or like finding it or exposing it i think that would have been a cool little story thread rather than everybody just being blindsided by rawhead and only one person in town knowing who he was but then that would turn into a cult film that's true do you do you think that the the name of the hotel in town was a reference to rawhead rex because it was was named the tall man oh yeah yeah, in like the sign of the sign. I above thought it. that when I was watching, like I, I thought it for a split second while I was watching it. Like I thought it's that it's such a strange name for a hotel. I think. Yeah. What do you guys think of the gore of the film? Not enough of it. Not nearly enough. Uh, when his son, I guess, got killed. I, we just assume he got killed. I assumed he just got taken. I assumed all these people just got taken somewhere else, except for the two bodies that we actually see, or the bodies that we actually get to see. There's not enough gore, not enough mm-hmm. violence. Um, he just, like, gnaws on people's necks. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, the raw head he, has, he has two sets of teeth. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional or not. Um, yeah, not enough. Not nearly enough. Sure. I really I really feel like this film could have transitioned to at least a whole star higher if they doubled down on like him ripping limbs off of people, mm-hmm. him cutting heads off, like him getting really into it. You know, one of the kills. Just so Just restrained. So restrained, Brennan. What do you think? Um Wait, sorry, what was the question? What do you like, think of the gore? Oh, the gore, yeah, that's right. Kills. Uh yeah, it, it could have used a lot more, but I'm also fine with with what we have, I kind of appreciate how it's restrained because at least they didn't kind of like Ian was talking about with the nudity, you know, at least they didn't go that far in the movie, give us like one super, super bloody overproduced kill and then have the rest be tame. So I, I at least appreciate that they kept a consistent tone for the violence throughout it until they double down on it at the end when like the guy sacrifices himself and the blood shoots up Mm -hmm. um i I think kind of thematically that works as like it's ramping up kind of thing before the conclusion yeah that makes sense declan is my favorite character of all time i think in a movie is, it, is that all time? It? Elaborate, please. Um, no, not not of all time, but he's he's up there for sure. Declan the uh, the priest, Declan O'Brien. Dude, his over the top acting had Dominator rolling. Uh, we absolutely loved yeah. him. His 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 the delivery of his lines were uh, probably one of the best parts of the film. I think that a lot of the delivery of lines from other characters as well were super solid. I still like when um, the main character's son dies. He goes to the uh, police station, has like a really cool interaction, like like a really emotionally charged scene. I think he delivered it really well. But right afterwards, the one cop goes, well, uh, while you're waiting here, would, would you like me to get you a cup of tea? And the guy goes, well, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, I'll, oh, I'll relate that suggestion. Yeah, it was hilarious there there is also another really good line in that scene when the police inspector arrives at the police station and there's like reporters and shit out there someone says is, is there any connection between the murders and he goes yeah they're all dead they're all dead <laughs> 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 Dom and i laughed at that too that shit was great 
Um, yeah, the, the the campiness of the film saved this film in a lot of ways. I think the biggest uh, and probably best scene in the film was uh, the kill of the gardener and like the housewife. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he like really cool shots. Um, I like what they did with the first person camera of her like screaming into the camera and looking at the camera before he chases her inside the house. Um, I thought that whole scene was really well done. Why do you think he wouldn't kill her just because she had a baby in her? Great question. It's so more unexplained did. lore, right? Like she had that armor plot or it plot also, armor, and it, he knew she had to defeat him, and he knew she had to defeat him. Wait. She had a defeater in her belly. She had a defeater. It never showed her or showed him killing her, but it didn't show him not like you heard a loud noise after it cut away. You well, you see her later on, and she's fine. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, she's the when, one that kills when the him, when right? the when the cops arrived. No, no, no. no that, who was that then? His wife. Yeah. Oh, his wife. where the fuck did she come from? Which, by the way. She's a stone cold bitch. I I don't care what anybody says. I do not like that main character's wife. She their her. their marriage seems so loveless. Yeah, she's and, just there for the money and the sex. And she acts like she wears the pants in the relationship, but in reality, I think that he just I don't know. It's like this. It, like it was this weird dynamic where he like keeps her in her place, but she like doesn't care. It's like yeah. I don't know. Like it was really weird. It was really weird. Um, Can we talk about the uh, the don't look now reference? It, okay, so it was the girl and the or the lady in the coat, in the red the red coat. Yeah, like that 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 was that so was out of one place thing. and completely un. Yeah, that's the only reference to don't look now. I didn't it even was, get the reference. Yeah, why it, was it in this movie? I I don't know. I don't know. I looked. The George Pavlo doesn't have any connections to that film. And I know a lot of people love it, but it's dog water. So suck it, uh, Trebek. I don't know who. Because it, it was a good, like, memorable scene. Like, why would they even put yeah, that? Yeah, it, it, it's, ju it's just they put so much emphasis on it yeah. just to make like, a um, visual reference. These were Americans. And she's like, oh, I've seen that, that lady before. Where have I seen her? Oh, because you watched a movie, Don't Look Now? Yeah. Like, cool. Cool. I kind of wish that Rawhead Rex, hear me out, was claymation. Oh, that would okay. be kind of like some like Harryhausen, like early seventies move. For because sure. like it would have been harder to film him in the scenes with people, obviously. But I feel like they could have made him look so cool, and like the motion would have been out of sync, obviously. But I, I don't know. I think the biggest opportunity for me is just the kills, obviously the gore, and then. Rawhead Rex just not having that mask. That Halloween <laughs> spirit fucking mask. I'm just not having it. Do you guys have any last things you want to talk about before we get into our final thoughts? I had two things I wanted to bring up. Let's hear it. Ian, do you, did you want to go first? Uh, yeah. The piss scene? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, how could I forget the piss scene? I rewound it probably four times you just would, to make dude. sure I was looking at that right. Like he he was praying to him and he just started the Rawhead Rex just started peeing on on the priest like Yeah, this was a great film to watch with somebody. It was, it, it's a great party viewing watch for sure. He was getting baptized, right? Like that's what he yeah. explained after. Okay. Well, that's what he thought was happening. Yeah, I don't know if Rawhead. <laughs> but in reality, Rawhead Rawhead was just <laughs> pissing on him. Yeah, he's just like, "Fuck this guy." We've never seen a killer like piss on someone, right? I think this is the first, at least in the red room. So, so you could say that Rawhead Rex was taking a thick piss break. Oh, yeah. and that would be a thick piss. <laughs> I don't. I feel like he doesn't chew his food. <laughs> um the the two things i wanted to bring up uh there was one shot that i'm absolutely in love with i'm curious as to your guys thoughts uh when there's the shot of the stained glass window and the light coming through it and like the red beams coming out of like the red pupils of rawhead rex i th i thought that was really cool it was so i liked every scene in the church Mm -hmm. Like everything that had to do, it was a beautiful looking church and the stained glass was really cool. I liked um, that they actually put that as like a piece of lore to the town. Mm -hmm. And then they really, they really piggybacked off of it because it looked great. And then they kept 
going with it. Like that was that was a good move. That was a good move. And how he kind of had to piece together because it is it had broken multiple times. So he did, I thought that was cool. Um, and how long has that church been there? Like he's he makes a comment saying like the rumor had to start somewhere. So like people have come across this guy before in like recent memory. I don't think the church has been there since before Christ, right? So like it had to have been there at a time. Look, he he's been coming oh. back. Yo, yeah, no, no, no. The one of the dudes, he's like, this is the, this is the, the house of God. And then I think the main character walks out saying, like, but it, it hasn't always, always, yeah, it hasn't always been like that. Yeah, that so that was a great line. Yeah, like it really, it, it it's such a subtle line, but it also gives like a lot of lore, like a lot yeah. of it, it, it can drive your mind into like a lot of mystery that could have been behind that. Well said. Um, and the one last thing is when the guy finally uh, is about to get the rock uh, undone, the large stone pillar thing, uh, it keeps cross-cutting to the people in the church singing hallelujah. Mm. And I think that visually, I, I know Clive Barker said that Pavlo had no oomph. I think that is the biggest moment of directing style that he injected in the film but why was this guy just now trying to remove this rock that did like because the rock had to be there for years and years and years and what just now if the town knows about the lore of rawhead rex what why is he just now deciding to move the rock i didn't i didn't get that i mean they're, they're farmers like they they had a giant rock in their way for but it, like, it, more it had been landscape. there for how long though like it didn't just show up one day. Yeah, how, there how was no talks for like them to be building anything or yeah. to be like renovating anything. It was just in the middle of a field, and they're like, "Now's the time." <laughs> um, but was been, you know, I've been waiting on for a rainy Sunday. Just move that <laughs> fucking rock. <laughs> it was very subtle, so subtle that you probably won't even remember. Some of you will, some of you won't. But my favorite shot was when, um. Rawhead was approaching the pregnant woman after the attack in the house, and then he's about to like what you would think attack her, and it cuts to the husband outside laying on the ground, and it has like this shot of him in like just the right corner of the screen, where almost like the camera's laying on the ground, and like you, you could see the house in the background, and you can just uh, hear like what's going on inside, but it's I don't know, it looks really really cool, and I just really like that shot um also weird that they never say rex in the movie so yeah. i don't know where that comes from in the title but that being said we're gonna get into final thoughts and rating for rawhead rex but before we do we're gonna take the ruminations of red rum official thick piss break please enjoy an ad from the ruminations radio network we'll be right back What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Welcome back to ruminations of red rum the horror podcast of the ruminations radio network we hope you enjoyed your thick piss poop break it's now time to get into final thoughts and rating for the 1986 film rawhead not gonna call it rex because they never say rex brendan give us your final thoughts and rating uh so rawhead is the only way i go in um <laughs> and uh, we're in uh in life in life i i go into life raw hell yeah um my head carpe diem you know <laughs> my head <laughs> uh now this this is a fun movie i was a bit nervous after recommending it i wasn't sure how exactly it was going to be received but i i'm overall happy with with how you guys uh found certain types of enjoyment in this film I definitely I've never watched this with anyone this I need to try watching it with someone especially someone who's never seen it before I think that would be uh, a ride and a half mm -hmm. um, I love Clive Barker obviously uh, not a fan of this director 
but I, I'll watch anything with with Barker's name on it, even if he's just an EP on something. I think I would have to give this a three with a heart. Three with a heart. Three with a heart. Ian. Final thoughts and rating. Well, being the biggest Clive Barker fan <laughs> of the ruminations of Red Rum, um, probably the world, honestly, yeah. probably the world. Yeah, uh, I just love how British he is. And I just <laughs> love his writing. And um, this movie's straight dog water. And I'm not going to hold that against him. I do find enjoyment in this film. I wasn't, you guys mentioned a lot of boring uh, scenes, but I, I wasn't really bored at all. Um, I thought the attacks happened pretty quick. I thought it was pretty uh, fast pace overall. Um, I'm going to give it a heart and I'm going to give it a three out of five. This movie, when I saw the recommendation from Brendan, watched the, or actually I didn't even watch a trailer, I'm sorry. I just saw like some images and stills from the film and I was immediately sold. Um, after going into it about an hour or so in, I was not feeling it as much. I was feeling the experience I was having. I don't feel like I would have enjoyed this film as much if I watched it by myself. It did not live up to my expectations going in, but there was enjoyment I got from it. And um, just because we're on the theme of film restoration this episode, I'll comment on it again. Glad they made a uh, 4K version of this film. I'm actually glad I own the film. Um, but it is boring in most parts. And even from my intro of going over what I thought, you could probably get a pretty good indication that I didn't have much to say about this film. And I kind of still don't. Um, it was very hard for me to talk about this film because I didn't think there was a lot to take away that I enjoyed um, and like I could elaborate on. But it was a fun experience. I'm glad I watched it. But it is a pretty bad movie. Uh, I'm going to give it a two and a half with a heart. So that being said, it's good to get an official Red Room score of three with a heart. Which I think is appropriate for yeah, that's fair. Rawhead, 1986. Not calling it Rex because they don't say that. <laughs> now we're getting into not only America's favorite game, but as we've now discovered from our new Discord members and reviews on Apple Podcast, the world's favorite game. What's in the box? The game where we go through Letterbox and we read a description of the film. My co-hosts have to guess what the film is based on the description. They then have to guess the rating of the film out of a five-point scale. If they guess within point three of the rating, they get a point. If they guess the decade of the film, they get a point. And if they guess the year the film was made, they can get a third point. Gentlemen, are you ready? See Whatever. That was, that that was, was bad. Easy. That was bad. I didn't like that. A grave robber's eyes. A, let me start over. A gray robber eyes the riches of a wealthy new arrival to the cemetery, but must survive a maze of tunnels and an army of rodents to secure them. Is this Willard? You said this is Willow? No, I said, is this Willard? Uh, I'll say... You, you guys have both rated this on Letterboxd. Oh, I know what it is. Um... Oh, three point. Okay, no, three point. This is one of the higher one? rated ones. Three point one. I gave this one the lowest rating out of all of them. I think I don't remember what I gave this. I don't don't look it up. Um, I'll say three point two. I'm gonna prices rate you. I'm sorry. You both get a point. Ian's awarded the second point for yes. guessing 3.1. Guess the decade. Uh, 2020s. Sorry. Brennan? Uh, the 20s. You guys are both correct. Getting awarded a second point. Guess the year. So this is a little different. It came out in 2022 on Netflix, but was it like officially released 2021? That's Maybe. You should go for it. No, I'm not going to go for it. 2022. Make shit interesting, it. bitch. Hit me with it. 
Brennan? I said 2022. I was hoping Ian would go lower so I could get the point, but I guess not. You guys both get awarded the point. It is now four to three. Ian takes the lead. It is the 2022 film directed by Vincenzo Natali, Graveyard Rats. Number two. Pretty decent. I probably gave it like a three. You did. I think you both did, actually. Hmm. A thanking man's stupid comedy. Tagline. A vain actor, his best friend, and an activist end up at a mutant freak farm run by a weirdo scientist. Stacked cast. Like, absolutely stacked cast. Can I hear the summary again? You guys aren't going to think it's that stacked, but I think it's stacked. A thinking man's stupid comedy tagline. A vain actor, his best friend, and an activist end up at a mutant freak farm run by a weirdo scientist. Is this Biodome? God, I love that. Movie. <laughs> uh, I'll mutant say Free freak the Mahi Mahi. Free the Mahi Mahi. Sorry, it's from Biodome. Uh, is this based, oh. on, based on your hint? You know what this is? I'm going to say a 3.3. This is X-Men First Class. And I'm going to go... And Brennan, you said what? I'm sorry. Uh, 3.3. Brennan gets the point. It is at 3.5. Guess the decade. Uh, Ian, do you actually know what it is? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with 90s. Mutant Farm. 90s. I'm going to go 90s. Brendan? I have no idea what this is. Stop looking at your phone. Yeah, Brendan, stop looking at your phone. Hands up. You can, you can put your hands up and put your phone down. I got nothing on me. Show us your dick. Sorry, oh. I was just um, thinking the same thing. Uh, no, I wasn't. What is it? What is it? I'll say 80s. Ian gets the points. Guess the year. This is a close game. You guys are going back and forth. Uh, 97. That is incorrect. It is the 1993 film directed by Alex Winter and Tom Stern, starring Alex Winter, which you would know from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Randy Quaid, Keanu Reeves, Mr. T, Sam Raimi, and Brooke Shields. It is the 1993 film Freaked. Never heard of it. Never heard of it either, and I saw the the header and everything. It looks awesome. So I'm going to check it out for sure. Randy Quaid. One of my favorite actors. It is now one of my favorite fugitives. (laughs) (laughs) Ian five, Brendan four, number three. Tagline Unlock the secrets of your darkest desires. Oliviero is a drunk, burned out writer who amuses himself by hosting orgies at his grand country manor and humiliating his wife, Irina. When a number of women are murdered in grisly fashion, Oliviero becomes a prime suspect. Okay, so this is probably a giallo. Um, 3.2. 3.3. I'm sticking at that. Damn, I was going to go 3.3. You both are awarded a point. It is at 3.4. I was going to go 3.4. Guess... The decade. 80s. 80s. <laughs> <laughs> you are both incorrect. Ooh, it is 70. the 1972 film directed by Sergio Martino, same director as Torso. It is Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only mm. I Have the Key. Oh, okay. This movie's on Shutter. It is on Shutter. It is now a VHS bur- version of this on Shutter. I'm pretty sure. Brendan 5, Ian 6. This is a close game. And the final question, are you ready? See. Yeah. On a, okay, so tagline. On October 2nd at 6.45 a.m., mass murderer Horace Pinker was put to death. Now, 
he's really mad. After being sent to the after being sent to the electric chair, a serial killer uses electricity to come back from the dead and carry out his vengeance on the football player who turned him in to the police. 2.9. I don't know how it's rated. I know I love it. He comes back as electricity. A serial after being sent to the electric chair, a serial killer uses electricity to come back from the dead and carry out his vengeance on the football player who turned him into the police. Oh, this is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Andrew Garfield. Uh, that is really not a well-made film. Poorly acclaimed. Um, people hate that movie. I think it's bad, too. Um, I'm going to go 28. 2.7. 2.7. Is that your final answer? It is my final answer. You guys both get awarded a point. It is, in fact, 2.8. Oh, wow. <laughs> you should have stuck with that one. Guess the decade. Oh, that hurts. Um, Just to be clear, it is in Brendan 6. I think it's 2000s or 90s. Okay, well, you got to pick one. I'm picking 2000s. Okay. Oh, you know, see, this is where I'm going to say 80s. I'll say this, guys. It is a cusper. It's on the cusp of yeah. one of the decades. It's a cusper. 90s. Okay. We got 90s and we got cusper. 80s. Brendan gets awarded the second point. It is now tied. He can take the lead if he guesses the year. Is it 88 or 89? It is. 1988's Shocker. It is the 1989 film. Oh, we could have had it. Directed by Wes Craven, Shocker. With it being a tie, you both get awarded a point. It is now Kyle 6, Ian 7, Brendan 8. For year to date, Brendan now holds the lead. Ian. I'm sh- good game. That, that was, was a, good a very good game. Fucking hand it. Shake that my hand, one, bitch. That might have been Shake the best hand. game we've ever had on What's in the Box. I'm not going to lie. That being said, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. The horror podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. The piss. I was the, the piss, pissing killer. Pissing the piss masked monster of the ruminations radio network if you like what we're doing here fuck twitter don't follow us on twitter it's going it's burning it's dead just kidding follow us there if you want it's at of red room that's of red room and literally we are on every single podcast service in what services are we on um literally everything literally Literally anything your mind can think of myspace facebook we're on we're on neither of those but we are on spotify apple podcasts some like fm radio thing uh and just everything you can ever imagine it's it's an epic wonderland kyle is frozen but he's doing it on purpose and everything literally everything i'm your host kyle with a k and today we have joining me the spooky boy the phantom of the Ruminations Radio Network. Ian with two E's. I wonder if Michael is a descendant of Rawhead. I feel like he got a dog and named it Rawhead. <laughs> I think he goes in oh, Rawhead. Oh. And also joining us, Mr. Fantastic himself, the stretchy man, Brendan Jesus, hyphen Ortega. Uh, shout out to Undead. In the, the Discord, shout out to uh, DDS. Uh, shout out to everyone that's been joining. We appreciate the the love and support, and we love chatting with all of you. Uh, and uh, hail Ratma. Stay spooky, folks. Would you have a threesome? your clothes and do you think it would be gay to make out with your clothes so i've already met my clothes no i mean a legitimate this is a 100 percent dna replica of you 
looks exactly like you, talks like you, walks like you, all your mannerisms, everything you know it knows, it is, all intents and purposes, you. Would it be gay to have sex with my clone? Well, first first, first question, would you have a threesome with your clone? Yeah. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Would you not? Oh, I... I think I would. I think that'd be interesting. And that leads into the second question. Do you think in that uh, threesome scenario, it would be uh, considered gay Wait, if you threesome? made out? What do you mean threesome? How do you so like you, you, your clone, and a uh, random third person. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Third party. Well, yeah. I mean, if you were with, if you were having a threesome without your clone, and you made out with a guy, would that be gay? Because it's the same thing, right? But I'm talking like your clone is 100% you. If down, down, so down three gay, with your. So it's gay because it's me, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's gay. Cool. But, uh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? No, I was just curious. A little thought experience. What if, what if you started to, like, fall in love, go <laughs> fall in love with your clone, you know? That might be. That's a problem, right? That is a problem. That's a word for that. Because. There's a word for that falling in love with your clone. <laughs> on an emotional level, and all your interests are going to align. You know what I mean? But would you have too much in common that there wouldn't be things to... Because then you don't, you don't have that like getting yeah. to know you phase, because yeah. you already know everything. Final question. What if... What if... All of the pain and pleasure your clone feels, you also feel. So while you both are having sex, it's like a double, like... Oh, shit, double euphoria. Level. Yeah, exactly. Damn, that's like... Well, that's no, like it's... It. Because it, you would feel good, but also you'd feel pain, right? Because you're fucking yourself in the ass. That's like putting your dick in your own ass. Well, like, what, past, like your, past your gooch and into your butthole. Yeah, but not everybody feels pain when... You know, a lot of people feel pleasure when they get yeah. like, yeah. A lot of a lot of men. I've heard a lot of men say that if you stimulate the prostate during sex, like you'll have the most intense. Uh, yeah, that's where the male G spot is apparently. I mean, it does feel pretty good to take a nice shit. So, but that's going out. So, it's got to be better coming in, right? 